Hey, this is Paul Thompson, former Oklahoma Sooner quarterback, 2006 Big 12 champion, and you're listening to the Locked On Sooner podcast. You are Locked On Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Sooners Nation, and welcome to the third day edition of the Locked On Sooners podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I am John Williams. You can follow me on Twitter at John9Williams. You can read my work covering the Dallas Cowboys over at InsideTheStar.com. And you can also hear me weekly on the Cowboys Brawl podcast. And joining me today, as he does every day, is former Oklahoma Sooners offensive lineman and host of the Iron Horse podcast, David Walker. You can also follow him on Twitter at D underscore Walk74. David, how's it going, man? Oh, it's going well, man. We're on the other side of hump day here and uh, with the Thursday show, great guests lined up and uh, excited to be uh, excited to be on with you tonight, man. Yeah. And so in the second and third segment, uh, David is going to sit down with Mark Clayton, former All-American and Oklahoma Sooners wide receiver. So you definitely want to stick around for that conversation. And David, tell them about the lineup that we've got coming up next week. Yeah, it's, it's a bye week. So uh, we're coming off Kansas. So we'll definitely have the game recap on Monday. But then for the Tuesday episode, we've got Teddy Lehman coming on. And then we've got great guests lined up throughout the week. We've got Parker Thune from Sooner SI coming on to talk about recruiting. We've got former Oklahoma team captain on the national championship team in 2000, Bubba Burcham. is going to come on and talk with us about what he's seeing from the offensive line and talk about what he sees in the program right now. Reflect on that national championship team of uh, 20 years now. And uh, just have a great conversation with him. Talk about thoughts from Bedlam with Bubba Bertram. And then we also have for our Friday episode, we'll have none other than Sooner's social media icon, the great Blinken Riley. And that will be perfect for uh, Bedlam and Bedlam Fact Friday and all the good stuff that, that he provides on that content every week. So, uh, but let's dig in a little bit to uh, Lincoln Riley's press conference from, uh, was that Tuesday? Yeah. Sorry, I'll edit that from Tuesday and just just touch on some of those notes before we get into the conversation with Mark Clayton. And kind of one of the things I want to touch on first was the kind of the absence of Laron Stokes this Saturday, this past Saturday against Texas Tech uh, and the possibility of him playing this week against Kansas. Um, What do you make of them holding him out of that game? And then what do you think his prospects are for playing this Saturday? Yeah, it sounds like, you know, anytime right now in a COVID season, when somebody misses a game, you're like, you know, you have a lot of thoughts run through your head and scenarios. It sounds like he just got banged up a little bit the week before. And I think with the return of Perkins, I think they probably saw that as a night. Hey, we can let's try to give him a you know a night off and see if we can hold him out. And it sounded like he's, you know, questionable for this week. And maybe with it being Kansas, maybe they save him for Bedlam, give him one extra week to heal with the bye week coming up. But, uh, you know, whenever they get LaRon Stokes back to go with Perry on Winfrey, Isaiah Thomas, Ronnie Perkins, it's just going to continue to add to that defensive front that's been uh, coming on strong. Now, do you think that they should kind of take more precaution with him this week? You know, if he is available and he's ready to get back to go, you know, get back on the field, should they maybe limit his snap count, save him, you know, allow him to have this week and then the bye week and then save him for the stretch run? You know, it's hard to say. I mean, defensive line is one of those positions, John, where they, they rotate so much. You know, the, it's different than offensive line play, where offensive line, you've got that continuity and you got the blocking schemes and, you know, to, to match up with and to 
to to be able to need that chemistry. But the defensive line, they rotate so much to stay fresh. So I don't think even if he's out there, you know, they can limit his reps. But I think probably getting him some reps if he's able to go. I don't think there's going to be a negative with the bye week coming up. It, it depends on the severity of the injury, but I, I would expect to see him get a little bit of reps there on Saturday. Yeah, and Lincoln spent a little bit of time talking about uh, the return of Ronnie Perkins and Ramon J. Stevenson and how the Sooners didn't really want to use that as a crutch because it's similar to you know losing a player due to injury. Uh, but how important was it for the Sooners to get those two guys back? One of their best offensive players, obviously their best defensive player. Well, it sounds like the reaction, John, in the team meeting room on Friday night at the hotel when they announced to the team those guys are coming back, you know, Lincoln said they almost tore the place apart. And I feel like there's been probably within that locker room just a little bit of annoyance at their absence and not necessarily annoyed by the players themselves, but just the scenario and the situation and the fact they lost a couple games and they look at those guys every day and think, man, if those guys would have been there, you know, that, that goes through every player's mind when when you have players out that you you were counting on and you lose a close game, it's inevitable to think that thought. And I think that now that those guys are back, I think it's kind of given them a a chip on their shoulder a little bit of like, okay, now finally we're at full strength and we're going to go out and just beat everybody down like they did in Lubbock. I think there's, you know, a little bit of an angry team now. It's kind of like, okay, now you give us Ronnie Perkins. Now you give us Ramondre after we got in that one and two hole. Okay, well, now we're just going to take it out on the rest of the league. So I think that it's something that is probably a little bit of a rallying cry around those guys with their return. I think that it brought a shot of adrenaline, a shot of life into them at just the right time for championship November. And then we got to talk a little bit about third down Theo. Oh yeah. My man. Him and is now catching on around seniors nation. Uh, yep. But uh, they, they spent some time talking about him and, and his play. And, and here's what Riley had to say. He said, yeah, he's doing well. I thought he had some key moments last year and they gave him some confidence. He played well against against Baylor up there in the comeback game. He played pretty well and in the bowl game. So he had some nice plays for us. I think his confidence is growing. Uh, he's starting to really run great routes more aggressively. I think he's playing faster, a little bit more physical, which has been good to see. So how important is it for a quarterback like Spencer Rattler to have a guy like like Theo Weiss that he can go to on important plays? We, you know, We talk about third downs, but just to be able to have a go-to guy like Theo Weiss. Yeah, it sounds like uh, from from things as Rattler said that, you know, coming out of the Iowa State game, he was going to make it a point to get Theo involved. And I think that that big third quarter drive against Texas, where he had three third down conversions on the drive, I think that that trust started being built from that point on. And right. ever since that's taken place, it just continues to show up. And, you know, we started calling him third down Theo after that game based upon that drive. And like you said, you know, it's starting to catch on a little bit. And, hey, you can timestamp us. You can go back and look at our tweets. We, mm-hmm. we were first at the table at that. But <laughs> but, but anyway, yeah, and I love some alliteration there with the third down Theo. But I do think that the trust is there. And we talked with uh, with Mark about that, about Theo Weiss and about his progression. And, you know, he came in with that that trio of receivers in, in Hazelwood and Weiss and Bridges, this, you know, trio of big-time recruits. And right now, due to different circumstances of Bridges' suspension, Hazelwood's injury, you know, Theo is emerging as that guy right now in that class. So it, it's been good to see him step up and be able to provide a one-two combination for sure with Mims uh, that, that Rattler can count on. And you're going to spend a little bit of time talking about Spencer Rattler, more specifically with Mark Clayton uh, in the next couple of segments. And so you make sure you want to stick around for that. If you're not subscribed to the Lockdown Sooners podcast, please make sure you go and do that wherever you get your podcasts. We've got some great content coming up the rest of this week and next week as well. On Friday, we'll still have our uh, 
movie of the week, our hype movie of the week to get you ready for the game against Kansas. And, uh, you know, we'll continue picking games and, you know, you'll want to follow along with us and let David know that I'm picking games better than he is on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, we got some great content coming up on the Lockdown Sooners podcast. We appreciate everything that you all are doing for us, the reviews that you're writing, following us on Twitter, following us on Facebook, supporting the show and sharing it with your friends. Thank you so much for all that you've done on that front. We're, we're more than thrilled and excited to uh, have you along with us on this journey. And uh, so make sure you stick around, come back. Mark Clayton's coming up next. But first, let me ask you a question. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? Well, College Football Saturdays offer the perfect opportunity to watch football with the only beer that's made to chill, Coors Light. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Even though there are fewer teams playing on Saturdays, there are still plenty of games and other sports going on to give you the opportunity to relax and have a beer. So whether you're having a beer with friends, cooking some meat on the grill, winding down from working in the yard, or watching the full slate of college football games on Saturday, make sure you reach for the official beer of watching any sport or any team just to have a beer. So when you want to reset from a long work day or to enjoy while taking in your favorite team, reach for the beer that's made to chill. You can now get Coors Light and its new look delivered straight to your door by going to get.coorslight.com. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And I also want to talk to you a little bit about Built Goat. Built Go is the energy boost you need to replace your energy drinks. Do you have a wall that you bump up against throughout your day? Well, the people that brought you the fastest growing and best tasting protein bar on the market, Built Bar, now have a way to give you the energy you need to break through your wall. Whether it's to finish out your work day, provide extra energy for your workout, or to have the energy needed for your back nine, Built Go's packets of protein plus vitamins helps get the nutrients into your system quickly. It's like drinking a monster energy drink with a third of the caffeine and a longer lasting result. Built Go comes in three amazing flavors, peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, and chocolate mint. It's the portable, longer-lasting energy supplement that improves your energy and promotes your health. Use the promo code LOCKED and save 30% off your first order by going to BuiltGo.com. Let's go! And we are back here on Locked On Sooners, and we've got a special guest here in segment two. Got a former Sooner legend who, as a wide receiver, was twice named first-team All-American before being a first-round draft pick of the Baltimore Ravens. Excited to welcome on Mark Clayton. What's going on, MC? What up, Dave? Man, Thanks we're for having me, man. Yeah, we're excited to have you. We got a, you know, a lot of a lot of great things going on with the offense, and you know, certainly you know, your pedigree. When you look at the wide receiver chain in Oklahoma, you know, it really points back to the run that you had as a go-to guy from another Heisman Trophy winner and Jason White. And uh, but you know, before Kyler and Baker and Sam, there was Jason and uh, right. You know, as you assess Spencer Rattler, you know, speaking of, you know, Heisman contenders, he got that that rub early on, uh, you know, probably yep. probably premature. I think we could all agree. But what's your take of his game as you uh, as you've watched this first half of the season unfold? Dude, I'm I'm really uh, I mean, obviously, like watching him early, I got, you know, see some of the early 11 and then some of the like um, just videos that was out with him. And you could see how ridiculously talented he was. His arm talent was incredible. Um, which, you know, to that point, the, the Heisman dubbing kind of, uh, came forth. And, you know, I'm not, I, I would say rightfully so. Um, I mean, I know he started off the season very rough, uh, just, you know, was blowing leads and a lot of the mistakes that, you know, he made, some of the decision making, but, um, you know, I think it's it's been, you know, good that he's had those humbling moments in addition to, you know, uh, Coach Riley 
uh, allowing him to sit for a second, take a breather, and watch the game uh, from the sidelines. I think that was that was monumental, and I think will be monumental for his career as a whole. Um, and just seeing him last week bounce back and be as efficient as he was, and his ball placement was was I mean it, it, it was you know second to none to be honest. And we had a couple drops that I you know recall uh, in that game with dimes that he threw pretty much. And so I mean I, I was excited about his arm talent coming in, um, and I, I would say now I'm more excited about his development emotionally uh, and as a leader and as a young man uh, under, you know, Lincoln and just our, our culture and the program that, that we have. And so uh, really looking forward to him, you know, finishing out the, the season strong. And I wouldn't be surprised if he uh, kind of thrust back in those conversations of Heisman. And, you know, surely with our record, we're probably, he's not going to, you know, win it. But uh, that, I, I think that'll, that will end up in the case. Yeah, you mentioned the uh, you know the game against Texas where he got pulled out, and you know I think those yeah. early struggles, not having a guy like Ramondre Stevenson in the backfield, I mean, that didn't help him any yeah. in those early games. And you got some young receivers out there trying to find their way. So I feel like there was a yeah. lot working against him. But to your point on the emotional growth, you know I think there's things like um, you know we talked about it after it happened in the Iowa State game. He he's rolling over to their sideline, throws a pass incomplete, and he kind of looked over at the sideline and winked at him, and you know it's. Did you go on and lose that game yep. on the road? And you know, just those kind of things. Those are those are things that mm-hmm. if you're Baker Mayfield and you've you've been the quarterback for three years and you've been to New York a couple times and you're the man, Certainly. that's a different Certainly. that's a different thing, right? So I think he got the cart ahead of the horse a little bit there. And I, I mm-hmm. do think that that moment in the Cotton Bowl where he got taken out of the game, I think that it was a blessing in disguise. I think for the long mm-hmm. the long term in his career that those first few games shook out the way they did. A little bit of a humbling experience, but an yep. opportunity for him to you know, to reassess and uh, to kind of move forward with that, you know. Uh, Necessary. Yeah, so I, I think that oh, would be I, huge. Dude. Yeah, this dude, was, he was, he's an arrogant little dude. Like, yeah. yeah, he is. He knows it. Yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, I think there's, yeah. you know, people make the comparisons. They'll say, well, you know, Baker was that way too. And I think the difference is between those two guys is, you know, Baker came in with a chip on his shoulder of he was the walk-on. He had all these people that slotted him. And so it can be received a little Correct. bit better when it's a guy like that versus a guy that's a five-star guy that comes in like that. I think that, I think that that humbling was necessary. And and I also Mm -hmm. think that it sent a message to the whole locker room that from an accountability standpoint that, Hey, if Lincoln's going to pull this guy out of the game, then everybody needs to be, you know, put on notice that you're performing to to the standard is important. But, um, you know, as we look to the, to the wide receiver core, obviously that's your cup of tea there. What do you make of this, this receiving group? You know, you're there without Jaden Hazelwood, uh, you know, yeah. Hazelwood was supposed to be the five-star guy, and then right. Trajan Bridges, the five-star guy. They had these two guys coming in that right. everybody was so excited about, and they played this yeah. whole season without them. But yet, there are other guys have emerged. So, who's been impressive to you? Um, man, you know Mar- Marvin Mims. Um, I would say just watching him uh, with you know where he is as a true freshman, um, and I, I mean, I, I told him this like and. When I look at a receiver, and there's a few things, there's, you know, one, explosiveness. Does it look explosive? Does it look like, uh, you know, it's the ball goes up, ball's in the air. Does he have that, that wow factor to it? Like, he, he's going to make a play, has that. Uh, um, and then, two, he, speed. This kid's fast. <laughs> I was like, man, this, he can roll uh, with the best of them. Right. Uh, and then 
suddenness because a lot of being a great receiver, especially um, at his size, uh, is, is sudden, like being able to create separation. Um, and it's a combination of, of speed, explosiveness, and suddenness. Suddenness, you cannot be so fast and be sudden and understand and have a really good feel for the, for the game and route running and create separation and, and, and be open all the time. Um, consistently on you know on a regular basis, and you know watching this young dude um, with with all those in place, I'm just like so he's he he has the ability to be something really special. Um, and I, I I mean I felt like between me, Ryan, Shep, uh, Westbrook, uh, uh, you know Hollywood, uh, CD, um, he he's I, right now um, in that realm of being a, a very special player uh, in regards to being open all the time and just making big plays. Um, and, you know, I, I know there's some, some growth that has to happen as a, as a young player. Uh, I think mentally is usually the biggest, um, you know, maturation process that has to take place uh, with a player because, you know, you'll see flashes, uh, then life happens. You know, right. sometimes stuff happens off the field, and who know, who knows? Um, you know, just still adjusting to being a, a young adult. Um, but um, man, what he's what I've seen in that, this kid so far, he 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 got it. He got it. He got it. Well, and one thing I've been encouraged by is some of the reports, and you know, he's from here in Frisco, where where I'm I'm at, mm-hmm. and. Uh, he went to the same high school as that my son attends uh, school at. Oh, nice! And so I, I heard some of the the coaches from here, and I've also heard some of the uh, professors at Oklahoma that have had him in class, like tweeting out mm. things about his character and how he carries himself. And I heard the same thing here from people that coached him in high school that he just he has a maturity about how he goes about his business. He has, you know, he's a classy kid. So I think that's uh, that. I think yeah. there's no coincidence that he's been able to play and make an impact early because when you have your head on straight and you come in as a true freshman yeah. with all the talent and the accolades, you know, you're ahead yeah. of the game if you've got the character to go with it. So, uh, so I think that's, that's something that's been cool to see. Uh, and I think that's helped his uh, development, but looking at the rest of the receiving core, you know, yeah. Theo Weiss so, uh, is another guy that yeah. I, we we've seen emerge and especially on third downs, you know, on the, on social media, they're starting to call him third down Theo. He's been making a lot mm-hmm. of conversions going back to the Texas game. But what have you seen from him and the growth that he's made uh, this season? Yeah, he's grown tremendously. Bridges, um, you know, and I, I remember like the kind of the the excitement between those. I mean, those guys and them, um, you know, coming in and um, you know, looking forward to you know seeing all this explosiveness on the field here, there, and everywhere. Uh, even Rambo, you know, he showed flashes of you know uh, explosiveness and, and big plays down the field, but it was very inconsistent um but i think uh just seeing these guys more so you know last week uh but throughout the season uh collectively i've seen you know solid performances um i mean i've we've had the drop balls you know here and there but um overall again what i, I look for is man are, are, are our guys able to create separation and get open um and then you know, what does it look like making making plays and making tough plays? And I would say, uh, you know, Theo has has been making some tough plays yeah. uh, in regards to, I, I mean, hearing, you know, third down Theo, I, I didn't know that. But 
uh, he, he has been making those tough plays. And we're going to come right back with more from Mark Clayton. We're going to talk with him about Trajan Bridges, Drake Stoops, and Austin Stogner. When we return here on Locked on Sooners. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Now, there's two more guys I want to ask you about. Uh, and one of them is Trajan Bridges. And, you know, last season he experimented a little bit with safety uh, in a game yeah. last season. And he's 6'1". And it reminded me of, you know, a guy you played with, Andre Woolfolk, who was a wide receiver, made one of the greatest catches people remember in the Nebraska game, that circus catch yeah. on the sideline. But then he ends yeah. up being – you know, a big time defensive back, NFL draft pick with the Titans. Yeah. First round pick. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. and so as this wide receiver group continues to get more crowded by the year, I mean, they're continually bringing in just the best of the best wide receivers in the country. So there'll be another incoming group next year. You've got these guys yeah. emerging like a Mims. You got Weiss emerging at Hazelwood coming back. And who knows who else is coming in this recruiting class. If you're Trajan Bridges, you've been setting out this season, you know, you're waiting to get that, that suspension lifted, you know, would you think that that's a, a possibility for him to look at that? You know, w- would you think if you're in that in that wide receiver room and it's getting a little crowded and you're wondering where the catches are going to come, but you're six foot one and you have the ability to play safety in a secondary that could use that height, what would your thought be about him? You know, revisiting mm-hmm. that. Yeah, if I'm talking, if I'm talking to him, uh, and and you know, and it, it's ultimately ultimately up to what he's trying to do. If he's trying to go to the NFL, um, and I'm. I suppose he is, but uh, it's it's what's what's going to be the best route. And in a crowded group, and you got you know guys coming in that are making plays, and you know obviously when guys make plays, ball's probably going to go their way a little bit more, uh, less your way. Um, you have less opportunity to put yourself in position to to be drafted one, um, and then it becomes a, a hope of what it looks like to sign as an undrafted free agent, uh, and so. You know, I've there's a couple guys, uh, including Wolf, um, that made that transition to DB, uh, and because of their length and athleticism, they were instant draft picks. Not even necessarily first round picks, but they were draft picks. And then coming from offense, there's a a, a certain level of instinct and I think understanding of what an offense is doing uh, when you play defense that that plays to your advantage. Um, and so, you know, in a, in a, in a deep room like that, you know, I think you have to consider that seriously, if, if you're, you know, really trying to make it to the NFL and you want to, you want to, you know, have a career there. So, yes, I think that's a, that should be something that he, he does consider it. And unless they're like, Hey, we, you know, we, we feel like, you know, you're progressing at receiver and we want to feature you, um, or something along those lines. So, but I, I don't see that happening, especially with the, you know, with, with the way uh, the ball's been distributed so, thus far. And, and, and you know, Stalker is a, a man-child <laughs> and, and yes, only getting is. better, you yep. know. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I, I would consider that, seriously. Yeah, and you, I mean, Stogner, gosh, he's got 
He's got to me the same potential as as a Mark Andrews. Uh, the upside is yeah. there, and and you know yeah. he's he's just been really reliable uh, for Rattler and early on too. Like that was one of the first I think guys that Spencer probably found that he could trust as he was getting yeah. going. But another yeah. guy, the last guy I want to mention to you is just you know just a guy that for for any of us that, that played and saw this this guy as a, as a toddler running around. You know, you got Drake Stoops out there. Man, yeah. Like, how how cool was it? One to see just to see him out there making plays, but you know the, the, right. the game winning touchdown in the Cotton Bowl against Texas, right. and right. you know I've always kind of looked at him as like you know, and and, and I, I was a walk on, so I, I have an affinity for that that just in general. But I think just the grittiness that he brings to the program because he has so yeah. much pride and so much investment in it from a you know emotional standpoint. What do you think that a guy like that has done yeah. for that receiving uh, receiving core? Man, I think I mean I think is is that like when you you think about the core, you know, different guys bring different things to the table, but uh, just kind of that that heart and, and scrappiness, you know, um, he's a fighter, <laughs> like his, his pops, and then you know I, I remember being in practice and you know him and his brother literally would just fight like on a regular <laughs> basis. <laughs> That's awesome. And so yeah. uh, you know, it's it's it's, it's one is amazing, like to see, um, you know, him as a young man playing and, and doing his thing uh, for real. And then on top of that, really making plays, uh, game-winning yeah. plays at this level. Um, and I think he has, and I think he he would, you know, have an opportunity too. Uh, you know, whether it's a, you know, a late round pick or a pick or uh, undrafted free agent uh, to to go and uh, live out his dream that I'm. I'm sure he has a plan in the NFL also. Um, but it's, it's really cool to see, you know, Stoops on the back of a jersey running around making plays. Very cool. Uh, yeah. And having seen him as a as a kid, man, you know, just running around practices and stuff. Yeah. Well, you know, we got that, that former player group on Facebook the uh, that's called Schmitty Built, right? And uh, Yeah. And yeah. and this is one of the only guys there in the program that he, he's basically Schmitty built. I mean, he grew up around the Schmitty mentality, <laughs> yeah. you know, I mean, Schmitty probably put yeah. that, probably put the twins through workouts for all we know, but right. I mean, so right. I, but he just kind of carries himself with that, that edge and he makes tough catches over them. I mean, he's takes hits, he goes yeah. up and competes. And so I've just yeah. really, I just think that that, that element that he brings that, like you said, that grit, that toughness, that the yeah. heart, I just think that's a really yeah. invaluable thing. And we've seen a lot of guys, you know, fill that role in, you know, Wes Welker comes to mind. Kind of, he kind of yeah. created that role in the NFL. I Damn feel like. Amandola. Yeah. Amendola. Um, <laughs> My guy. Yeah. Woodhead. Just, yeah. yeah. Just the guys that Woodhead, yeah. good, good route runners, tough guys, good hands uh -huh. and smart players. And so I, I think that's, that's just a nice, you know, it almost yeah. feels like an embarrassment of riches. You have a bonus of that to throw out there. Mm -hmm. Oh, by the way, we got this, you know, this, uh, this guy's pretty athletic, makes some plays. And in addition to all the five-star guys around him. So uh, but, right, right, right. But man, we appreciate you coming on today, Mark. Hey, hey let our listeners yeah, know. I know you got a podcast you started up too, so let our yeah. uh, let our listeners know about that. Yeah. Uh, so we started the ABC podcast. Uh, we go Wednesday afternoon, Wednesday right at noon. Uh, we we talk, you know, sports, and we also throw tech in there. Last week or today, <laughs> we talked about Starlink, Elon Musk, and we, you know, which is you know awesome to me. Uh, and a lot of our listeners. So, uh, yeah, it's the ABC podcast. Uh, you can, you know, look it up, Facebook or Instagram. Uh, we just got it started. And next week we got a host, uh, actually we had a guest, uh, Lexi Drew, a young artist here out of Dallas, very talented young 
young woman. And so looking forward to having her on and, you know, we'll, we'll talk sports tech and music at that point. Nice. Nice. Got to keep it versatile, man. There's yeah. a, there's more than just ball out there. So we appreciate you coming on to uh, talk sooner football with us. And I know you'll be watching throughout the season and uh, we'll look forward to maybe having you back on the pod sometime down the road. No doubt, man. Thanks for having me, bro. All right. Take care. And that's going to do it for us today here on Locked on Sooners. We hope you'll subscribe to the podcast because you're not going to want to miss what we've got coming up next. We've got our Kansas preview tomorrow. And then next week, we've got some more great guests lined up. We've got Butt Kiss Award winner Teddy Lehman. We've got former Oklahoma captain and national champion Bubba Burcham. And we've got the great Blinken Riley coming on. And we've got Parker Thune from Sooners SI coming on to talk about recruiting. So some big guests coming up next week. We know it's a bye week, but don't worry. We've got great content coming your way as we start to preview Bedlam next week. But for tomorrow, we'll be previewing the Kansas Jayhawks matchup with a 2.30 kick there in Norman on ESPN. Follow us on social media, at Locked On Sooners. You can catch us on Facebook, at Locked On Sooners, on Twitter, at Locked On Sooners. Give us an Apple podcast rating. Leave us a review. Let us know why you listen. And until next time, for John Williams, I'm David Walker, Boomer Sooner.